Okay. Trying trying to make the titles like movie quotes. Okay. So I'm trying to find one about cinematographers and DPs. If it wasn't so long, my favorite joke about a DP is um, what's the difference between God and a DP? Hmm. God doesn't think he's a DP. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Zachary Kane of Warrior Teen Productions. I'd like to welcome you all to the Zets Film Odyssey Podcast, a podcast designed to track my journey into the film industry as I make my way to become a filmmaker. Welcome to episode, if it could be written or thought, it can be filmed, as we talk to director of photography, Denton Atkinson, from the local area of Augusta. How you doing today, Denton? I'm good, Zach. Thank you for having me uh, on here to help guide you through your film odyssey. <laughs> this is quite a pleasure on my end. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, to get started, let's tell the audience a little bit who you are, where, how you got to where you are today, and uh, just about just about you. Hmm. About me. You're starting with the hard questions first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have a love of filmmaking. It really started when I was in high school. My dad had a little high analog camera that my brother and one of his good friends had used to make a project for school. And I was just fascinated by the process. And then I realized with this camera, there was, you know, this was a Sony Handycam, so it had a function on it that it was start and stop mode, which basically if you're out on family vacation, you leave the camera turned on, and you just hit the record button, hold it just as long as you want to be able to get grandma's birthday or whatever, and then you just let go of it and it stops recording. So instead of having to hit it more than once, well, I figured out, hmm, I bet I could use this to do stop motion animation. So that was something that I had wanted to kind of get into. I had wanted to be a cartoonist when I was young. I figured this was, rather than doing a whole lot of animation hand-drawn. I could just take my Legos that I had. I, I still love Legos to this day. I started making little stop-motion animation films and kind of getting into doing my own stuff and then uh, my own project for school with actual people, which was a little bit different than working with Legos. You have to have more of a vision, I think, to tell actors what to do rather than just tell Lego men to just walk around. Yeah, it kind of grew from there. I... Through one of the projects I had done when I was in high school, I met my now business partner. We started a production company and have been going since 2006, I think, at this point. And then I've done a lot of freelance work. I work, shot some movies, um, documentaries. I pretty much, if it can be shot, if it can be lit, I've probably done it. All right. So coming up, uh, wanting to do cinematography, I think that's your passion. Absolutely. What are some of the steps you took to get to where you are today? Thinking of steps that I took. I try to be an observant person, so anytime I've been on a set, I try to look at what is being done and if I can get an idea of why they're doing that. So it kind of associates the, okay, well, this is you know this lighting setup. Okay, that's something to 
take note of. And then if I like the result, you know, if I can get a look at the monitor, if this is, you know, if I'm on set is whatever. And then as I started, I've worked as a camera operator, I've worked as a gaffer, and of course as a DP. So I'm able, whenever I'm on someone else's set, I can just be observant and then ask questions about, like when you work with somebody who is willing to take the time to talk with you and kind of give you a little bit of their experience, it's amazing what you can come away with. A couple of years ago, I was the B camera operator on a movie that was shot by an ASC, the American Society of Cinematographers. It was shot by one of the ASC members. Before the production had started, he had asked me if I would send my demo reel so he could take a look at it, just kind of get to know me a little bit better. And I told him, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, this is pretty intimidating, sending my DP demo reel to an ASC member. So I sent it to him, and on one of the first few days of production, you know, he'd given me some nice comments on it. And then one of the first day or second day of production, I had asked him, you know, we weren't busy at the time, we were waiting on some setups to happen, and I asked him if he would mind just sort of talking out loud, you know, tell me, what are you doing? Why are you lighting this this particular way? And and he was, he had a big smile on his face and said, sure. So then we started talking about lighting and theories behind lighting. And I went on, I worked on another movie with him. That kind of, I've never really taken classes per se. I just, I watch a lot of movies. There's movies I've seen that I don't even know the names of. I've seen so many movies, but talking with him and talking with others and I love conversing about it and uh, learning more. I have a desire to learn and I come from a sort of a scientifically minded, medically minded family, I guess. So I have that quest for knowledge. I'm always inquisitive and ask a lot of questions and want to learn as much as I possibly can. I'm one of those people who wants to if you were to say, do you want to be a subject matter expert or do you want to know one paragraph about everything there is to know? I'm definitely going to say I want to know one paragraph about everything. <laughs> so I could actually tell you in terms of filmmaking, I can tell you all about mics and I've talked to, I've talked to the audio guys at length to kind of figure the process of building this environment for sound. I've talked to hair, makeup. I've talked to the AD department probably because I have to. But I also find out what goes into the process of breaking down scripts, line producing. Just I just try to know a lot about the other departments because I think it makes it a better process having the right communication. So I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, yeah. Sort of in a long roundabout way. I should have just said I like long walks on the beach and uh, sunsets. I have a whole collection <laughs> of photos on my computer of sunsets that I've taken. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Okay. So what was it like your first day on your first set that you were DPing? Ooh, the first day on the first set I was DPing. I'd have to think back. I can tell you the first feature that I did was a, it was almost like there was a living metaphor because the first movie that I was the DP on uh, it was a World War II film that was, sh it was ambitious. It shot on location in Normandy. And the first day on set, we had a working M4 Sherman tank. And we were on these little tiny roads in St. Pelerin, I think it was, 
France, just in the Normandy region. And this is a massive vehicle. You know, I've kind of got the run of it. Where do I put the camera? And what if I need to turn this thing around? You know, it takes 20 minutes for it to turn around these little country roads. So it was lots of excitement because this is what I would want to do. It was also really neat that we're in Normandy shooting a movie. You know, I got an all-expense-paid vacation to France for quite a while. There was definitely some nervousness. Lots of nervousness, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it worked out well. I did get a picture of me standing on top of a tank, which was pretty cool. So that was for my first day <laughs> of, of that. But I try to take a little bit of... I try to prepare and then prepare more. I try to think of Murphy's Law, what can and will go wrong and try to figure what's the contingency for that. And then I say, okay, well, what's the contingency if the contingency backs out? I'm not neurotic. I don't know if you can tell, or maybe you think I am. I don't know. <laughs> but I like to have just that, just little bit of nervousness because that tends to make me prepare more. And the more prepared yeah, yeah. I am, the better I feel I perform. Well, of course, of course that is. But I, I think having that little bit of nervousness helps me to perform better. Yeah, yeah. Going into the educational part of what I, I'm trying to do with this podcast is I'm going to ask you some technical questions now about preparation and your process of when you're coming into a shoot. Okay. How do you plan for your shoot? When you receive a script and you've decided to do the movie, how do you start planning for your shoots? Usually the process begins, I'll have a conversation with the director. You know, if the, if the, script comes from the director if it's a writer director combination or if it's just a someone who is directing the script i want to when i first read a script i try to read it as plainly as possible i'm a extremely visual thinker when i read i'm imagining so i try to not do that i try to read just the words on the page get through the story without having my influence of what I think this should look like or feel like or tone or anything. So I'll, one of the first things I'll do is call, talk with the director and just say, tell me what you're seeing. How do you want this to look? How do you want this to feel? I really like the psychology of filmmaking, how the actor is framed in a shot. What's how big they are, small they are. If you're upward, downward angles on them, so I try to get a basis of what the director wants and then I'll read the script a couple more times with that in mind. Knowing what the director wants, I can then go and uh, for me personally, when I'm talking about lighting, I will try to summarize a scene. What's the emotional subtext? What's, what's the scene really about? Why is this scene in this movie? Why is this dialogue in the movie? I try to get that to the the simplest form possible. And usually it's one or two words. So I'll go through a script and I'll write out what are the feelings that I feel this scene is telling me and compare those with the director. And then I try to light that feeling. I'll then go through, you know, we, we establish what, what are the guidelines to be used for the project. You know, if, if one character is going to be more focused in frame, you know, are we going to use a wider lens slightly closer up are we going you know depending the way we shoot it depends on what the feeling is we're trying to accomplish so then we build kind of the look of the film through that uh the director and i will look at look samples and say give me something similar 
that you like to you'd like for this to look like. One of my favorite websites to go to is it's film and then a hyphen grab.com. So film grab. It's got reference stills, you know, from each scene of the movie from movies spanning 60 years. So it's a great resource to have your director go and say, okay, well, they're a big fan of so-and-so director. Then they can go in, search by director, look at all the movies this person has done without sitting down and watching the movie. You can look at all their collective work inside of 30 minutes and then pull reference stills to say, okay, well, I like this. This is what, what we're wanting to do. And then it's neat when you can go in and have a scene, say it takes place in a hospital, you can go find movies that had a hospital, then look, see how you like the look. And then you can, it, it makes the communication much easier for all departments knowing what is the look of the movie. So you create a lookbook from there. And then once I do that, I'll um, start thinking about lighting, how it wants, how I want to light it to give the look that the director wants. And then I usually draw out schematics of an area like kind of an overhead view of where I want lights placed and I'll usually go so far as say what fixtures with what diffusion or what color temperature gels and and but I'll I'll give that to the gaffer and the key grip but usually say but if you guys think an easier way to do this a more efficient way or something that's going to look better you know I'm all ears because I love collaboration getting as many people that are in that component of the the look of the film get their input because it's only going to make it better. Okay. So for someone who's looking to become a DP, where should they start? Probably my thinking, I, I love lighting, so probably start with looking at the world around you, look at movies you like, how did they like that, you know, why does it look the way it looks and why do you have the feeling you have when you watch it? Try to dissect it to then say, how would you recreate it? And then once you've done that, you can start to have an eye of, if this is the look the person wants from the lookbook, you can say, okay, well, instead of this just being, oh, this is a really artistic shot, it's like, okay, well, they used a reverse key light, they used slightly warmer light, so that's, a, you know, either they've got the lights warmed up or the camera is, the white balance is set differently. So really it's having an understanding, too, of lenses. A lot of directors that I work with will ask me for recommendations for lenses, like what lens is going to work the best to get this feel. Because, you know, it's not, it's not a 100% science of, if we're going to shoot a close-up, let's shoot with a long lens. Or if we're going to shoot a wide shot, let's shoot with a wide lens. You know, you might shoot a wide shot with a longer lens, depending on what you want the focus to be and how you want it to come across. For example, if you've got a long lens and you shoot a wide shot, you foreshorten the apparent distance. Like, take, for example, if you were at Gettysburg, for example, and you wanted to show the magnitude of Pickett's charge from the southern side you wouldn't shoot that with a long lens because then it's going to make that quarter mile or whatever it was feel a lot closer than it actually is. So you might actually use a wide lens even on more of the medium to closer shots to just exaggerate that difference in distance. So learning the characteristics of lenses, I would say, is monumentally important. 
and then as much as you can about lighting. There are some DPs who they have an understanding of lighting, but they just get a gaffer that they really like working with who has that understanding of lighting, and they can just rely more on their gaffer. I'm one that I've tried to learn everything I can about lighting to then be able to have those conversations, and sometimes I'll light a scene using, you know, this is this light goes over there, this light goes over there. But like I said again before, I don't like to micromanage. So learning about lighting, lenses, cameras, you know, the camera that you might want to shoot on might not be the right camera. You know, there's some examples where you're shooting a nice dramatic film with minimal locations, minimal characters, no special effects. You might not need a camera that's got all of the capabilities to get you a blockbuster look. You might not need it. You may need it. I don't know. It just depends on what the story needs. But learning about cameras, lenses, lighting, and then also leadership and management. That's something that's part of the job because as a DP, you're the head of the camera department. You oversee the grip and electric departments. You have to be able to communicate and delegate responsibility and then hold people accountable. How hard has that been for you to let go and really delegate those duties so you can focus on what you need to be doing? Surprisingly not too difficult. Um, That's been something that, you know, I'm one of those people that I know the advantage to collaboration. And if I go and tell my key grip and gaffer exactly how I want this lit with this light and you know, this fixture, this diffusion, you know, we're going to set up this, you know, 12 by frame or whatever. If I, if I tell them the look I'm going for and then say, this is how I would light it, but then give them that freedom that they can then, they can do it exactly how I'm saying, but they can also think it makes them more invested in the project. And there's been shots that I've gotten that were not my idea. They were something that the key grip or the gaffer had said, oh, well, you know, I'm seeing this. And if you lit it this way, you might be able to get this little effect. And I was working on a movie and that was the case. It's like I could point out a few shots where the lighting rig that was used in this scene was actually something that one of the guys came up with. And it really like I see the the long the future of the the shoot is going to just be better knowing if everybody's invested you know, what's in my head may not be the absolute best thing for the movie. It might be what is in two or three people's heads. So surprisingly, it hasn't been too difficult to let go of some of that responsibility. I was working on a movie that I was going to be on a camera and I had a B camera operator and, you know, first and a second on a camera. And the first AC of a camera was a steady cam operator. And I didn't know this through the I'll save that story, but through the course of it, he was brought into the production to replace somebody else last minute, and this was a recommendation from the line producer, and I didn't know he was a Steadicam operator, and I was going to work whatever Steadicam stuff we had, but it worked out that he did all the Steadicam shots, he did them better than I would have done them, and we did more than what we had originally planned, but he loved shooting, and after about day two or day three, even though I was the DP and A camera operator, 
I asked him and he said he would be honored to take over a camera. So I went and sat with the director at Video Village and was just watching the two cameras. He was pulling his own focus when he was on camera, but it gave me the freedom to watch the shots between A and B and be able to make subtle notes about framing so that when you cut from a long shot to a medium shot or whatever we were shooting at the time, the, the eye lines match. The, not the eye lines as in where they're looking, but where their eyes are positioned in the frame, where they are positioned horizontally or vertically or whatever in the frame. I was able to pay more attention to that, those details, so I was able to really direct the photography, which that was pretty amazing to be able to do and not a luxury I've had in the past before. Now it's funny that I did a proof of concept shoot for a, a movie that they were putting together for investors for the, the proof of concept was for it through the course of the four days, the last day, the last setup, I asked the camera operator if they minded if I got on camera just to say that I actually had been on camera during this production. <laughs> so I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I love the aspect of it and I figure the bigger stuff that I work on, the better it'll be to be able to have that communication and know more how the departments work and what the expectation is of those positions. Based on your last answer where you talked about on this last proof of concept, you had limited access to the camera. You got to just direct photography. And with me being on a couple of sets, I was hearing that a growing trend, especially in television, is that they're not even budgeting for an ATAM operator. They're just assuming the DP will be the ATAM operator. How do you feel about that trend? I'm fine on camera. Television is a little bit different of an animal. It's, it's a lot faster paced production. So that's probably a... If the DP's on camera, he's on set, ready to move, adjust, make adjustments on the fly. It's not a, he's over sitting comfortably in a chair, holding a coffee, talking to the director between takes. It, I don't know. It, it's probably just more of a production standpoint than a preferential standpoint by the production. I don't know if that makes sense. It's probably more, let me re-say that, the, if it's a preference of the the producers and line producer and everything. I don't know that it's necessarily that it's just a, to make the production run smoother. That's more, a little more clear, but I mean, that's, there's some DPs who love being behind the camera. I love shooting. There's a script that I've been reading for a movie coming up that there's, I think two pages worth of action that takes place underwater. And something I've been interested in but never done it is getting certified to go scuba diving. And as such, being an underwater camera operator actually sounds pretty awesome. So for that, I'd insist that I get to do the camera. All right. Well, we're running a little bit out of time, running a little longer than my last two episodes. So I want you to leave the listeners with a nugget of knowledge and where they can find you, anything you want them to know about your position and stuff like that. A nugget of knowledge. That's right. Drop some knowledge on them. Oh, man. I, I mean, we might. How long did you say we have with this? <laughs> <laughs> now, the biggest bit is just, you know, you, if you're on set working with somebody that you can always learn from and getting to know somebody and talking to them about what they love and passionate about, you learn. It's amazing what you'll walk away with. And that can be said both professionally and in your interpersonal relationship 
to say, wow, I got to know that person. I got to see their something they really are passionate about. And I got to walk away with knowledge. So just those relationships are hugely important. And as far as contacting me. Yeah, the way they could like look at your body of work or if they wanted to hire you, how would they get in contact oh, with oh, you? Hey, that's awesome. Uh, body of work. I don't have really a collection of stuff I've shot. Some stuff I've shot I've never <laughs> actually seen. Um, but I'd love to be able to say go to the movie theater and watch something, but that's not that's not just not happening this week. Maybe next week. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've got Facebook page, Denton Adkinson, D-E-N-T-O-N, and then A-D-K-I-N-S-O-N. I've tried to do more with Instagram, but that's a slow process. I'm not really a social media guru. I hear that's something you're pretty big into, so maybe I should talk to you after this. I am working on my social media marketing section of Warrior Teen Productions, yes. Okay, well maybe episode four will be about social media and I'll make sure to tune in. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank you, Denton, for taking your time to be with us today. I believe my listeners want to thank you as well for all the stories and knowledge that you shared with us. I look forward to seeing all of you guys back next week as we move forward into our journey. But until then, remember to chase your dreams and reach for the stars. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>